Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So today, I bring on Roman, who is by day a digital marketer and a podcaster, but also somebody who has a fascinating story. Now, you probably noticed by the time, this is one of the shortest interviews we had. And that's because Roman gets straight to the point. He's very concise in his message and he really does deliver home the importance of just taking action. And he tells a great story. He almost tells a kind of Gary Vaynerchuk type story where he was uplifted as a young child into a brand new country and he had to learn a new language and he had to develop his own skill sets and he really had to go through adversity. But more importantly than that, he's now living out his dream. He's now happy. He's doing things that keep him fulfilled and he's making a difference. And that's really, really important. And he also touched my heart as well because he's also a foster carer. And I have a huge admiration for anyone who does any sort of foster caring. So that's enough rambling from me. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. And without further ado, let's get this interview on the way. I just want to firstly welcome Roman. Roman, how are you doing today? Good. I appreciate you having me on. You're very, very welcome. So I think it'd be important, obviously, for the listeners to understand a little bit about your story and what makes you you. I know you've got quite a diverse range of things that you've done through your life, but if you could just kind of give us maybe a summary, just so the listeners can get a feel for who we've got on the show today. Yep, I'll be happy to. So I'm a first-generation immigrant to the United States from Ukraine. I came to the U.S. in 1990 when I was five. Ukraine was still under the Soviet Union, so we kind of came over, and you had to kind of denounce your citizenship when you came over. Um, I came with six other family members to a two-bedroom apartment, and we kind of, you know, hustled. Everybody, you know, that was working age worked Mm. and uh, had to learn English, Uh, graduated school here, Uh, went to college for criminal justice, uh, interned with the Secret Service, graduated in 2008 when the economy kind of crashed, and then I was kind of down, depressed. I couldn't find a job. Um, The only thing that kind of kept me uh, sane was going to the gym and kind of working that, you know, stress out. And uh, I met someone at the gym and they saw, you know, I was hardworking and I had potential and they handed me a packet. It was about search engine optimization. They said, learn this, take a month or two, and you can uh, basically do marketing for our company. And that's kind of how I got started in digital marketing. Uh, Since 2009, I founded a company in 2012, Novazor Digital. And uh, in terms of the foster care, so me and my wife have been doing kind of uh, infertility treatments for the last three years. So as a result, we've had five miscarriages, which obviously was hard. And uh, we decided a route to possibly explore would be uh, foster to adopt. So we became foster parents um, of June of 2018, and we've had 10 kids in our home already, two of which were a long-term placement for a year that we thought we were going to adopt, but they ended up getting reunified and going back to their uh, biological mom. Wow, what a story. So there's quite a few things I want to touch on there. But firstly, if we just use the first-generation immigrant coming into the USA, I just want to 
maybe if you can think of earlier memories on the resilience and how you had to almost adapt because I'm speaking from somebody who had a very nice home environment I'm sure many listeners here have had probably the same where we haven't been uprooted from our birthplace into a completely different place where we've had to obviously learn a new language familiarize ourselves and obviously like you said there it's very humble beginnings what was that like I mean was you afraid or was it kind of knowing your family was with you you kind of just persevered and it just became a normal way of life yeah I think that's all I've known because I was five at the time and uh, the way we got there at that time from Ukraine we went through Vienna Austria then stopped in Rome Italy and then came here so I think one of the hardest things as a five-year-old was going to school and not knowing the language and kind of having to learn that Mm. so I had an additional kind of uh you know, course or, you know, schooling in terms of a class called English Second Language. And I was able to pick up English fairly quickly. But it's one of those things where, you know, I was five and, you know, I hardly have an accent. But obviously, if somebody comes here when they're a teenager, they never really lose that a- accent based on how your brain gets programmed. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've kind of got under the threshold, really, because some people just literally can't lose it. And then the second thing I wanted to touch on is you just briefly mentioned the gym as a sort of, I suppose, coping with just mental health in terms of just sanity. And is that something that you found as a very young kid? Well, I played sports in high school, so I played uh, soccer, obviously, European mm-hmm. football. Yeah. I played uh, American football, track, uh basketball baseball so I was fairly athletic Mm. I think the gym came about when I first got into uh, college at 18 I just started working out and I think that's um like a subconscious thing because I've had history of uh, domestic abuse in my family so my father used to obviously you know physically abuse my mom and I I witnessed it so I think as a kid I told myself that when I get older, I'm going to put myself in a position where, if, you know, if something like that happened, I would be able to, you know, protect that person or be in control of that situation. So I think that's a um, like a deep rooted reason why I tried to, um, you know, work out, get physically fit, you know, more dominating in terms of uh, physical stature. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, because obviously that's that's a personal story. And it's probably something that I reckon a lot of people can resonate with. And I'm always kind of trying to understand the psychology behind why we do the things that we do. And one thing I definitely encourage everyone listening is with activity or with the gym or something, it's one thing that we can control. So that's very interesting. And now obviously more to the side that kind of resonates with me, which is the whole fostering side. So firstly, I just want to say I'm extremely sorry to hear obviously the the miscarriages you and your partner have experienced. But I love seeing kids in foster care thrive and I just think that kids who have come from a broken home to then go on and just have an opportunity it really is is one of the most beautiful things in the world what's your experience been like as as a foster parent I'm sure there's crazy stories as well out there because I've experienced those as well but if you could maybe give us an insight and maybe what you've learned from that experience yeah the kids themselves have been great uh frustrations with the foster care system is the only thing that you know that's bothered me Mm -hmm. I mean obviously the system may be a little different in the U.S. and it's different state to state so the goal of the foster care system in New Jersey, the state I'm in, is reunification over anything, depending if the kid is still in a thriving situation in the foster family, regardless of the situation, it's still to push back the kid to kind of the biological setting. Mm. So all the kids, obviously, they come, obviously, you know, some of them have different issues, they've seen different things, different things happen to them, but they're all really looking for kind of a safe place and for somebody to care about them and somebody, you know, to love them, and that's what we basically do. 
Mm, absolutely and have you found a child to adopt yet or is that something still in the process well like i said uh, that was another kind of a, a heartbreak because our first placement were uh, two brothers at the time 17 months and about to turn three um june of 2018 and they were with us for a year wow. so you know the, the system told us that it's moving into reunification uh there would be a parental rights terminated and that's what we thought but as the case progressed, obviously their biological mom got better in the eyes of the system. And, you know, she took the right steps and they ended up going back. So it's been, they went back three months ago. So it's been kind of a, um, a coping um, because we obviously fell in love with the kids. They called us mom and dad. And uh, about three weeks ago, we took, you know, our second long-term placement, a uh, 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 little boy and little girl siblings. So, but I mean, we, I don't know if it's selfish to say, but like my emotions are our emotion. My wife and I are kind of, you know, secondhand when these kids, you know, need a safe place and they're coming from situations where a lot of the time are tougher than, you know, what we're feeling at the moment. Mm, absolutely. And I don't think it's necessarily a selfish thing because one of the things I will say, and this is coming from living within um, a house where there are foster children as well, is you're almost thinking how much do I love this kid and how much do I give them? Because in the back of your mind, similar to the experience that you've just had, you know that it could just be taken away in an instance. And you just said the, the mother in that situation is doing all the right steps and we've seen it. And this is the frustration with the system over here. It's, it's not any better here. Um, and I say that as, as I then went into my separate masters to actually become a social worker and trying to change it from the inside and realized I couldn't. So it's a frustrating thing, but I just want to acknowledge, obviously, you and your wife and all the other foster carers out there, because if it wasn't for you, these kids would just be pulled from pillar to post in just absolute broken homes. So uh, definitely some acknowledgement there and more so as well for your resilience. You seem to just be somebody who is getting hit with life consistently, but it's nice to see that you're still thriving. And that obviously comes through your business. So business wise, now you took that SEO book back in the gym where somebody said, look, if you just learn this skill set, you can obviously develop yourself. And then in 2012, you mentioned you started this business. Is that something that you're really passionate about? Or do you have other goals moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I'm passionate about digital marketing. I'm passionate, obviously, about helping companies and individuals, brands to become who they really are online. So a lot of the time, you know, a company is great or a person is great, but, you know, they don't have a platform to share it and nobody's going to know in terms of finding, you know, what services, what solutions, uh, accolades or how they can help them. So basically bringing light to who they are and, you know, making them be found online and watching them grow and, and succeed is um, definitely uh a rewarding experience in that sense even though it's not something like you know you're saving a life as a doctor or something like that you're still helping another person another company you know uh, continue their livelihood so in terms of your clientele then can you work or do you work with just anybody off the street or is it just big organizations uh, I mean it depends what the goals of the company is mainly um, companies or people that have marketing budgets in place or may have had uh, marketing efforts previously but you know want something more or had you know the company they had or the internal people mess something up or don't feel like they're getting you know the right you know service or solution for what they're trying to achieve. But um, in terms of my experience, I have experience with Fortune 500 companies and I've worked with small businesses as well. So I've kind of run the gambit of, you know, companies. Fantastic. Okay, excellent. So in terms of obviously where you are now and from a business perspective, it's, it's successful. You've just had a great CV that you just mentioned there. 
So what I'm interested to know, and this is more for listeners to try and get grasp on their life and really try and move their visions and their dreams forward. What's a day like then for you? What kind of habits that you do on a daily basis that maybe the listeners could maybe copy, replicate or take some value from? So in terms of kind of my day, I'm mainly remote so I can work from anywhere. I'm obviously having conferences and stuff like that going to, to a specific city. But getting up at a specific time, having a routine, like that routine is the most important thing. Like you said, going to the gym mm-hmm. and developing that physical fitness, because if you want to develop a positive habit, you need a certain amount of times, like in terms of your mind to program it in order for it to become a positive habit. So just waking up, obviously, my day consists of dropping off my foster kids in daycare. Coming back, I have obviously two dogs taking care of all like the household stuff. And then doing some reading, some motivational stuff, because I don't care what anybody says or what you see on social media. No one stays motivated 100% of the time. Everybody has to do something different, kind of, you know, hype themselves up for that day and get encouraged and, and keep that level up. Because, like you said, I mean, my grandfather passed away this year as well. Mm. And I've had a lot of, you know, stuff I've been dealing with. And that kind of holds you down at times. And, you know, even though you're motivated for a large portion of your time, that still can get to you in terms of kind of that quiet time where you have time to reflect and think. And keeping your mind in kind of the right place. If you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. I try to get into the gym every day. Um, I got a road bike, so going for like a 10-mile ride, just clearing my head and, and, and focusing. And if need be, obviously, sometimes our brains get scatterbrained, getting up from the computer, you know, calling someone, having a conversation that's not work-related for 10, 15 minutes, and then getting back to it, kind of recharging, because no one can go, you know, 100% of the time for 24 hours a day. Everybody has to recharge and find that healthy balance for themselves. Absolutely. That's um, firstly, just before we dive into the answer, I just want to say, obviously, my condolences for you, granddad, who passed away. So I'm really sorry to hear that. And moving on to actually what you were just speaking about, I respect your honesty and acknowledge you for that because you you just said something that I wish more people said is nobody stays motivated 100% of the time or can go at 100% rate 24 hours a day. And I think we're seeing, especially, well, maybe it's just my news feeds on Instagram and Facebook where you're seeing people almost try and sell this perfect lifestyle. And that can make somebody who's maybe looking at it from the outside thinking there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with my life. And I'm, I'm glad that you've actually said that because even when we have all these successes in life, we still have to sometimes ground ourselves and whether that's the gym or whether that's the time out on your bike and you're just relaxing, I think that's really, really important that we do what I basically call self-love. And if I may then just segue, so obviously you've got your little routines, which which are really important. Obviously, you know, I always say discipline equals freedom. It's a, it's a very important quote that I've heard from Jocko Willocks. When you are faced with adversity, if we could just go back to maybe one time, Roman, in your life where you've suffered adversity and in that moment obviously it felt like your whole world was falling apart could you maybe tell us how you persevered through it and the main lesson that you got from that particular instance well i think it's uh, having the people around you and leveraging them and leaning on them and not being afraid to you know express what you're feeling at the time so i'll just go back to my grandfather he had a massive stroke and um the the doctors were you know didn't know it was inconclusive and he was in the hospital for about eight nine days and he ended up passing so obviously i was there by his you know bedside for you know 12 13 hours a day 
So who I had to lean on were my, you know, close family, friends, and the two boys that were with us. That was kind of the thing that we focused on, and that cheered us up. And um, everybody goes through something. And like you mentioned, in terms of your social media feed, Instagram is kind of a highlight reel of your life. Nobody usually puts, okay, I experienced this failure or this is going on. It's only, you know, perfect vacation pictures or perfect, this is the win I've gotten. And that's nonsense. So if you're looking at that, obviously, we tend as humans to compare ourselves to other people, which at times it's fine in terms of motivating yourself. But at the end of the day, I'd like to say it's you versus you. So you have to look in the mirror and kind of shake out of it yourself. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great answer. And it's all these um, quotes that you just said there, which I 100% agree with, i.e., you know, comparison is obviously one of the biggest things. You're looking at social media and it is a highlight reel. And the last bit is, is the you versus you. I'm putting you on the spot here and there might not be an actual answer for this because it's not a normal question that I ask, but have you got any advice for somebody in that moment? Because I, I'm always trying to tell people as well, just be yourself, just concentrate on your own journey. Your journey may take X amount of time and somebody else's might take Y amount of time. And I always try and say that the more we look at other people and what they're doing, the more we're going to basically feel less fulfilled, if that makes sense. So have you got any advice for someone or is there any tips or tricks that help you stay focused on your on yourself so you know that it's just you vcu um i mean i have kind of a, a vision board i guess and kind of trying to manifest some of those things obviously you you can't do that without taking the right steps day to day and then week to week month to month so having some kind of plan in place where you're reaching that and then one i mean it's cliche but not quitting because oftentimes you you get you know a negative emotion or something that dissuades you people around you that are close to you that say you know you're doing something stupid stop doing it and then obviously you stop but maybe you were like one month away from really breaking through so if you are confident in what you're doing you're obviously taking the right steps and not just daydreaming about it and saying okay i have this goal but for 10 years you know it was just a goal and i haven't done anything for it if you're moving forward day to day and progressing and really focusing and, and going after it then you will have some kind of breakthrough absolutely absolutely i think i think that's literally hit the nail on the head there i always use the fitness analogy so <laughs> you get a lot of people who say who wants abs in seven days and they, they claim that you can get six pack within six days or seven days and there's all these kind of cookie cut, uh, quick instant gratification kind of programs out there and i always say the gym for me other than the mental side which we've spoken about it's also something that shows a hell of a lot of dedication and consistency and what you will find especially if you've been through that progress so i've been from being overweight to being very very lean and that transformation didn't happen overnight it didn't even happen in a week it, it took time and it would almost take i'll say a collage of 10 15 20 daily photos where you could really see the intricate differences so i think that message that you just said there is really important that you could just be so close and sometimes it is about not quitting. So um, I, I love that. And that was actually one of the things, Roman, I heard about you before I wanted to get you on this show was your never quit attitude. And knowing what you know now, obviously you have been through, <laughs> you've been through a lot and there's probably stuff that we could say for another day that you probably haven't been able to share on this show so far. What in this particular moment is your biggest fear? I guess just not giving 100% and being kind of... Um 
pulled into different directions because oftentimes people talk about that work-life balance. There's never work white, uh, white, uh, excuse me, work life balance. Mm -hmm. Um, you're always pulled in one direction. So one thing's always going to suffer. So if you're not putting enough time into your family, obviously your family relationships and friendships are going to suffer and then vice versa. If you're always working, you're neglecting your family. So it's finding a healthy median for yourself and and being accountable for it. Even going back to your gym uh, example, it's always easier to work out with somebody else and holding each other accountable. So finding somebody that keeps you accountable and honest every day about what you're doing and and doesn't kind of like bullshit you about things. Like if you're like, you know, moping around, Mm. they call you and be like, what are you doing? Like, there's no reason for this. Just get up, do something, at least, you know, one little thing to take a step forward and get you out of that rut. Mm, Absolutely. And it seems like you've got a great network around you, obviously, when you mentioned about your granddad, but now having that accountability partner. So whether it is somebody in the gym or it could literally be your best friend, it could be your spouse, it could be your sibling. I definitely think that's important. And another thing I want to just briefly touch on is the work-life balance. So I'm glad you said that because there's a lot of people out there who will try and portray, again, going back to the Instagram, this perfect life where you can manage this you've got your laptop on your laps you're sitting on a beach your spouse next to you and they're they're kind of portraying this and what happens is especially if you go into like starting your own business like yourself or trying to become an entrepreneur just trying to do more with your life and giving 100 percent, you have to sacrifice things and whether that's relationships whether that's going out on the weekends and stuff that's something that we all have to kind of make sacrifices for one thing i would encourage people especially listen to this show is that we don't sacrifice on our health so doing the things that roman's mentioned like the gym or having that bit of time out or having people around you where you can just speak to them that should always kind of come as a sort of priority so thank you for sharing that roman and in this particular moment now then so business is here obviously you're looking after kids and you and your wife are doing a fantastic job and i hope that continues for as long as possible What's your why? What's your inspiration for keep going? And what are you doing all this for? I think uh, leaving a legacy and uh, giving back because I think in my 20s, it was kind of a pursuit or, or, or chasing money or, you know, uh, promotions or obviously big clients. But now it's like I've, I've gained a lot of knowledge. I mean, I'm 35. I'm nowhere near, you know, done in terms of acquiring knowledge, but sharing the experiences and stuff I've dealt with, like, you know, starting a company and my digital marketing experience coming to the US because there's a lot of people in similar situations. And the worst thing you can do is be afraid of sharing your personal story, how big or how small it is, because there's always at least one person somewhere that's dealing with or going through something that you may help uh, help them with by sharing what you've been through. Absolutely. I always say that when I started this show and it was trying to get people on the show and initially everyone was like oh my story's boring my story's mundane nobody's going to care and I was like actually people will care and we all have different experiences so for example within just this very short amount of time we've spoken you've been through grief you've experienced domestic violence you've helped kids who've come from broken homes you've been uprooted to a brand new country I mean you've got 30 40 stories you've probably got a story for every single year and each one of those stories will resonate with so many other people as well. So again, I think we should share our stories. And obviously you're now in a business where you're probably better than most at sharing it. So if anyone obviously wants to work with somebody in that field who has expertise, then Roman is your guy. And on that note, Roman, we're going to go into what I call the fun part of the show. But effectively, what I'm going to do for the next 60 to 90 seconds 
is ask you a quick fire round of questions. And I basically do this just so the listeners can get a little bit more about you. That's not necessarily dark or emotive and it's more just kind of fun. So whenever you're ready, buddy, I'm going to start. All right, I'm good to go. Fantastic. Okay, so if you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Hey. What is your favorite hobby? I would say currently my podcast. Uh, I love talking to people like you do, and it's uh, it's also like a stress reliever for myself. Absolutely. And what's your podcast called? Uh, it's called the Digital Savage Experience. Uh, mainly interviewing, you know, inspirational people, learning from their journeys. What are you secretly good at that nobody knows? I guess video games, maybe, but I don't play enough. I mean, I think I was good, but it was <laughs> at a time when they were frowned upon, and now obviously you can make a career out of it. And I kind of missed my time, I guess. Your biggest role model. Uh, my grandfather that uh, passed away, he was kind of the, the male uh, figure that I learned a lot of, you know, my um, who I am today from. I love that. What would you like to be remembered for? Just being selfless and uh, giving more than I'm, you know, taking and, and being genuine with people. And your favorite motivational speaker? I, I resonate with kind of uh, Gary Vee, but more in the marketing sense. But in terms of like my favorite quote, Mike Tyson, in terms of uh you know you may have everything going on everything's fine until you get a may have a plan until you get punched in the mouth (laughs) yeah and that's like life that's how it always happens Mm, absolutely if you could relive one day again what day would it be i would say um when we got the the two foster boys the ability to fly or be invisible invisible the number one thing that annoys you people that aren't grateful money or fame uh fame because i think i can um use the fame to make the money your number one business tip care about your brand online um regardless of what you do um people are watching and and be mindful of what you say because it can haunt you you know decades after the fact would you rather speak all languages or be able to speak to animals i would say animals because i mean i have two dogs i'm kind of curious yeah. what's going on in <laughs> what their the, mind what song best describes your life uh, I mean, there's a song I, I listened to to uh, by L. Cool J. It's called "It's Time for War." Mm. Um, it's kind of motivational. It's a good pickup beat, but um, I would say that currently. If you could sit with one person in the world for an hour, who would it be? I would say Jesus Christ. And finally, would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? When. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Fantastic. So. How did you find that? No, that was awesome. Good stuff, good stuff. So again, obviously from that, people can get to know a little bit more about you, a little bit more about your tastes and stuff as well. So the next question I always ask is about reflection. So I'm a firm believer that hindsight is a wonderful thing. And obviously upon reflection, we can always think of ways to get to where we are quicker, easier, or with less heartache. But at the same time, I'm a firm believer that the journey teaches us so much as well. So what I want to know, Roman, is if you could go back in time to maybe one moment where you struggled or suffered with adversity and whisper something in a younger Roman's ear, what would you say? I would say listening before reacting or like casting judgments, um, especially kind of developing an emotional IQ. And obviously that happens through experiences over time. But uh, just simply listening. Mm, I wish I knew that when I was growing up as well. I think actually most people listening to this podcast now we all probably reacted on emotion so many times so uh, would you say that's a more of an experience thing that you learn to develop yeah um in the workplace and in personal relationships i think if if i had that patience it would have been a a lot uh more profound in some of the experiences they would have went a lot differently Mm -hmm. absolutely i can agree yeah 
And sadly, Roman, that does actually bring us to the last question. And the last question I always ask all of my guests is, if in 150 years' time, science fails to save us, and all that exists is a book, and this book is about you, it's about your life, it's about all of the weird and wonderful things that you've done, including your legacy. Firstly, what I'd like to know is what the title of the book would be. And secondly, what would the summary at the back tell us about you? Uh, the, the title would probably be, uh, I guess, keep going, not give up with your journey and uh, did the most that he could with what he had as the uh, ending. I love that. I love that. And just before we wrap up and I give the listeners a chance to obviously connect with you, which is something that I I really want to do because obviously they can learn a lot from you, not just your stories, but also from your business. Is there anything that you wish I had asked you today or something that you want to maybe leave a final message for the listeners? Um, If you have any questions about anything I talked about, uh, experiences like immigration, obviously foster care, if you think you want to get into foster care, uh, starting a, a digital marketing agency or about digital marketing, Anywhere on social media, any major platform, uh, on my website, just fill out a contact form, ask me a question. I'm always happy to kind of jump on a call and just, you know, have a consultation free of charge and trying to give you a few pointers if that. Fantastic. So just in relation to that, then let's let's add to that. What's the best place then people can contact you? Uh, I guess social is your preferred social media platform. If uh, you know you're on LinkedIn, I have a, a good presence on LinkedIn. Uh, you can direct message me on any platform. Or like I said, just fill out a contact form on uh, my website and I usually get back to you within a few hours, if not the same day. Okay, so that is actually the end of the show. So Roman, I just want to thank you obviously for your time and I want to thank you all at home for listening. Thanks a lot. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.